and welcome to another episode of Game Till 5. My name is Steph and I am joined, as always, by Nikki. Hello. How's it going, Nikki? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm all good. It's very warm again. It is, and sunny, and roasting, and dying, alive. <laughs> We're supposed to be a nice thing, and now it's just... <laughs> Now it's just melting. It's nice. It's nice when you're outside. In it. It's less nice when you're in like a small, warm room that is only heating up as time goes on. Yeah, well insulated room as well for sound. <laughs> yeah, I could only open the window a crack as well because I didn't want to hear like people on the street. So it's fine. It's fine. Nikki's favorite phrase. It's Not fine. Used that word in a while. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So this week's episode, we're talking all about Game Boy games. Um, we which are. we will talk more about after, I guess, if uh, Nikki has any news. Oh yeah, you're, you're getting you're getting ahead of yourself there. Yeah. Um, I only have one piece of news. All right. Well, I feel like it deserves the news. Drop. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just, uh, I got really excited that I got to play the drop again. <laughs> it's fine. It didn't um, didn't deafen me this time. None of the drops are deafening me, which is good. I've turned them down quite a bit. So ah, okay. Um, yes, that's okay. I'm only using this news drop to just talk about myself, uh, which is one piece of news, which is that it's my birthday this week. Yeah, you're turning the big 3-0. I am. The phrase is supposedly My birthday said. is on Thursday. 16th and it wants to wish me a happy birthday i don't know whether i should tell you all that because now maybe you can like hack me but um <laughs> i think that's the most fine. anyone can do with your birthday is send you a birthday card well that's lovely i mean they can't because i don't know where i live exactly. but they can send me a birthday twitter or instagram wish that would be lovely make me really happy because i'm gonna be sad because i don't really want to be turning 30 because inside i'm still 21 it's fine turning 30 honestly okay it's all right i actually uh enjoy it i think we're just coming into our own now all right i think i would enjoy it more if we weren't in a pandemic yeah that's fair um i think turning like a milestone during this time is a bit of a weird one but it's fine it makes you appreciate the little things like actually seeing people in their physical forms now which we can do obviously socially distance or just being careful whatever and yeah so that is that is just the news i'm aging that's news. She's getting old. Quality news for you. Don't want any grey hairs yet? No, no. You don't know. But then I don't think that my hair will ever be its normal colour. Oh yeah, that's true. We don't know what's underneath. I feel like I, I've dyed it so much that it just doesn't know what it is anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's good. It's all good. Uh, yeah, that's that's life. People age and die. It's true. Well, <laughs> happy start to the podcast today. Game boys. Yes, Game Boys. So yeah, we're talking about all of our top five Game Boy games. And this spans from Game Boy Original, Game Boy Color and uh, Game Boy Advanced. Yes, which I realise when we sort of settled on this, I thought I'd just played Game Boy Original, but I forgot. Um, I actually have played a lot of Game Boy Advance games, but never Game Boy Color. So my list will be filled with Game Boy Original and Game Boy Advance, but that's it. Oh, that's okay. I think I've got... Yeah, I think I've got a slight mix, but I was never a big uh, advanced player, so this will be good. Um, yeah. Does SP count in this? There was Game Boy SP, which I guess was advanced. It was just a flippy version of advanced. I don't know what that is, but if it's a Game Boy, it's fine. Oh, right. I think 
the reason why we did this is because like we would never have enough games to, to comprise like a whole list just for one like a yeah. whole game boy advance list or a whole game boy color list because it just i think it just made sense just to, to batch them all in one personally for sure and i think definitely at the when i remember having my game boy i only had three games i think maximum ever <laughs> this list must have been very hard for you <laughs> it was quite difficult but then obviously i played roms and stuff when i was older yeah. and i think i borrowed someone's like sp for a while which is like the advanced so i managed to play some stuff that wasn't just on a gay boy but it was difficult going like i didn't play these when i was really young when i first yeah. got it later I must also have to say that um, this is probably going to be the weirdest list that I've ever done. Ooh. And a lot of people will probably be sitting back and being like, why? And that is also because I have a very small range of games that I played. And some of them are questionable. Some of them probably aren't amazing games. And you're probably going to be sat there like, what the fuck, Nikki? That's trash. But <laughs> I didn't really have much to compare it to. This is just, this is what I had. So yeah, this is my list. Yeah, we weren't rich. We didn't have all the Game Boy games ever. Don't judge us. Yep. Back exactly. off. I'm already getting aggressive. <laughs> Sorry. Don't don't scare them away. <laughs> Come back. I am me. <laughs> right. Um, in that case, I think we've uh, prowled on enough. Shall we? Let's uh... do it. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three-headed monkey. It was the first time I've had a little dance to that in a while. Oh, nice. I hope you've not overheated yourself. <laughs> I know, I'm just sitting here sweating. Um, whose turn is it to go first? I have no idea. Um, mm. Mine? I feel like it's yours, yeah. yeah. All right, then. I'll just start. I'll just declare this for my own. Um, yeah, so you were saying about weird games to start off. I think you're going to find this one weird, but I'm hoping the internet will come through for me. So my number five is DuckTales on the Game Boy, the original Game Boy. Nice. nice. Um, as described, it's based on the original Disney cartoon, same name, uh, actually made by Capcom uh, and released in, I think, 1990 or 1991. Um, I think maybe 1991 in Europe because this was still in the age of when... Uh, North America and Japan got stuff way earlier than we did in Europe. We had to wait. I was having a weird thinking about that the other day, actually. When games came out in America and you knew that they were out and in your language, but you just had to wait and you didn't yeah. know when that was going to happen. Stressful. Yeah. I'm glad that doesn't happen anymore. I mean, I was like four, but I imagine that I was stressed. Yeah. But I, will, I mean, it still happened. <laughs> it still happened when we were in like PlayStation 2. Yeah, I can't remember to be honest. Like I know, I know, because I obviously whenever we talk retro games and and I read about about it and the fact that they always come out like almost like sometimes like two years later. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember ever like it affecting me per se. But it's weird. I can imagine if I was older, I'd have been like, "This is bullshit." Yeah, definitely. You start importing stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, back to Ducktales. Um, I should have really put the theme tune in because it's just a bop. It is a bop. I mean, is it a same bot for the Game Boy? Like, is it like an 8-bit? It's an 8-bit bot. bot, yeah. Nice. It's great. Um, so the main point of the game is it's an action platformer uh, and you play as Scrooge McDuck. Um, I would do a Scottish accent, but I'm going to offend everybody in Scotland. I don't <laughs> want to do that. Um, I don't think we have any Scottish listeners. Uh, well, no. What, what the hell? Where Scotland? are you? 
Do you exist? Maybe they do. Maybe we just don't know. Maybe about we have them. Scottish listeners. We have some people who live in Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. hello. Um. Anyway, I keep getting sidetracked today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think it's just one of those days. We're not. We're not on point, but we're it's not. fine. Back to Ducktales. Uh, you play as yeah Scrooge McDuck, and uh, you use a cane for pretty much everything. You're a really aggressive pensioner. Like you hit stuff with your cane, and then you bounce around on it like a pogo, and that's how you get like higher jumps like you can jump but then also you can bounce on your cane like a pogo um you say cane um yeah when you actually look at it in the game it doesn't look, it looks not not much like a cane it kind of looks like a pea stream <laughs> just a really forceful pea just shooting yeah. him back up into the air <laughs> It's when pretty... he's holding it and he's sat down, it actually does look like a cane. But it's just when he's in the air and he's jumping around. Sorry, I'm totally ruining this for you. It's supposed to be a lovely Disney game. What are you doing? <laughs> right, we'll see. He uses an aggressive pea stream. He's got a bladder like a horse. Um, and there are, I think there are five levels. I can only remember two of them because it was the Game Boy era and it was really difficult when you're a child yeah. to do things. Um, I have since played it. I think I got a little bit further, but it's still quite difficult. Um, you can choose the difficulty in this game, which um, I don't think it happens quite a lot in uh, Game Boy games. You know what I mean? Like, I don't remember yeah. the much you could choose difficulty. It was like, here is a difficulty. Just <laughs> learn how to fucking do really it. Really hard normally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... So you basically, I don't really know what the point was. I was trying to remind myself, like, if there was a story or anything like that. And I think you, eventually you ended up in Transylvania to fight uh, Dracula Duck. Um, But your most, like, typical thing you were doing was amassing money in typical Scrooge McDuck fashion. Like, you just needed that that sweet, sweet dollar. Um, And I don't remember anything else of what you're doing. But the music is enchanting. So it just kind of you're just kind of wandering through these lands, hitting things with your cane, shooting yourself up with pee, all of this good stuff. It looks good. I um I never owned it, but I can see that it looks like one of those sort of classic Game Boy games that are all kind of just platformers and always have like a little bit different about them. But yeah, it does look cool, and I'm I feel like I need to hear the bop. Uh yeah, I'll put the bop in. I'll find it on my phone while I talk. Um, all right, the drop is happening. Oh my god, it's great. <laughs> it's that going was to be if I don't add it in right now. <laughs> Please do. So that's the bop. It's fantastic. Um, but it, uh, yeah, the only thing I find really weird about this game is if you watch videos of it, and I suggest people go onto YouTube because there is videos of it, or play it for yourself. A lot of the time, the um, the level you have to get to like a, a higher point on the level, but it doesn't look like you can stand on it, it because it kind of looks like it goes off screen because there's no like gap between the top of the platform and then like the top like HUD stuff like where you mm. have so it just doesn't look like you can go up there so i'm pretty sure that this game just uh ruined that for me because i yeah. don't i think that's why i didn't get very far was because i couldn't even see the levels it is from an nes game originally though so i think oh, that's okay. why so i think they've kind of had to like 
shrink it down uh, to fit onto there. Um, Someone is mowing their lawn and I'm pissed off about it. Can you hear it? I can hear a hum, although yeah. I'm quite what enjoying it's... it. It's, it's nice. It feels like okay. summer I, I won't go. I won't go shake my fist outside. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. This is a mess. Um, <laughs> facts. <laughs> Just move on to facts. Um, so there's a remastered version that you can now play. It came out in 2013 um, on the PlayStation 3, PC, Xbox 360, and the Wii U. Uh, it had been greatly expanded upon with voice acting and actually story. So it's now kind of fitted. And if you look at it, it's a really nice looking game. Um, I never actually played it, mostly because I didn't relate the Game Boy game to this game for some reason when they were like, we're remastering DuckTales. I thought it was like a different DuckTales than I played. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, surely it's quite different though, because like on a Game Boy original game, like not to like insult the Game Boy original because I loved it, but it was just, it, just it was... You can barely see anything most of the time. And it's just some lines, really. So how do you... Re- I mean, to remaster that, you basically have to make a new game. Yeah, they right? did. They remade yeah. it. It's all like... Uh, I think it's like 2.5D. So it's like weird kind of okay. half 2D, 3D. It yeah. looks beautiful. Like, yeah, but they just re- They just made a new game. Like I'd love it if they... Like, just, you know, how some of them just sort of make them look a bit prettier. I love it if they got this, like, greeny, grey screen and just made it look a little bit more vibrant with, like, here you go, everyone. We've worked so hard on this. (laughs) That would make me laugh. That would have been great. In fact, I don't want to look at the remastered version. Someone make me that one. (laughs) Give me a nice green grated and I'm happy. Yeah, just extra, extra uh, sharp on those pixel edges. That's what I want. Um, and the only other fact I had was that it was Capcom's highest selling game on both the Game Boy and the NES at the time. Nice. And that's it. They uh, peaked with DuckTales. Everyone said it's a really good game um, for a essential like film or TV kind of made game. You know, normally they're yeah. About, like, oh yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, this one. I it. feel like they were in the nineties. Things like Aladdin and The Lion King were really mm. good on Mega Drive and stuff, and maybe SNES as well, I'm not sure. Uh, like, the, for some reason, like, game but like were made based on, like, movies were a lot better in the 90s for some reason. Maybe it was because, like, the bar was lower. I'm not sure. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. I think as well, like, it lent itself to it, because a lot of these were, like, cartoon things, and the art style kind of works for it. Very true, yeah. That kind of thing. I think now they just put everything in 3D and everyone looks a bit melty. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that's kind of it. That's my number five is DuckTales. Okay. Before we move on to my number five, I think we should mention Beetle because we haven't yet. Don't oh, think yeah. Beetle will make an appearance today because I feel like this is quite a niche subject and I don't think that we would have had any crossovers in what we were playing because mine's a bit weird. But um, this is the noise that he makes. Oh! If we have a crossover, so. Yeah. Right, so I want to preface my first pick by saying that Game Boy Advance, I never actually played on the console. The reason being is because when I was growing up, probably about 10, um, my mum's partner or new partner at the time um, gifted us. I think this is this is quite funny, really. It wasn't a gift. It was it was his, but he sort of brought it into the house when we all first met him. It was like an original Xbox full of um, old emulators, every single console ever and like thousands of games on it. So there was like Game Boy Advance. Game, there was like everything. It was incredible, and you've played it as well. It I don't know where it is now. I you've need lost to find it. it. It's like the best machine ever. 
I think my auntie had it. It's totally illegal. Um, but he'd obviously managed to get someone to, to do this. And yeah, it had like Atari. It had, it had like every single game for anything ever. And so I had access to basically every single Game Boy Advance game. For some reason, I only played three. Uh, <laughs> and so a couple of them were made onto this list. And funnily enough, I'm just going to spoil it now. None of which is Zelda. Don't oh, know why. I was apparently uncultured as fuck and was like I'm not going to play that game I'm going to play all these other weird games um so I didn't also I don't know if I was 10 when the Xbox original came out but it was whenever the Xbox original came out that this happened (laughs) so a lot later in life yeah I think potentially but not too much later because Game Boy Advance was probably around I don't know I think like 10 right like uh um it was like I think 2004, sure. 2005, I want to say. Okay. It was later than you think, I think, the Game Boy advanced. Um, okay, so that must mean that I was actually probably about 14, 13 when this happened. 2001. I would have been playing before it even existed. It came out in 2001. Oh, okay, no, that, that makes more sense, yeah. And lived until 2010. So I had quite a long lifespan. Okay, yeah, so that, that makes sense. It doesn't really matter how old I was. I was doing it. I was doing the stuff. I was playing the games, Play the games. Um, on this games. magical box of illegal stashes of games. So my number five is yeah. a game called Monster Rancher Advance, oh, also Monster known in Japan as Monster Farm Advance. Uh, it's the first Monster Rancher game to be released on Game Boy Advance. I'll probably keep saying Monster Hunter by accident. <laughs> Seems to be a thing. Yeah, do you know much about this game? Um, strangely, not the Advance one, but I do know quite a bit about... Uh, Monster Rancher. I loved Monster Rancher. Yeah. Um, and I know the PlayStation games were incredible. Mm, so I had never heard or, or anything about this game. When I found it, I just I would just would scroll through and just pick shit. This is the one that I picked. Um, it's similar to other Monster Rancher games where you basically create, raise, and fight monsters against each other, which is brutal now when I think about it. A bit like Pokemon in that yeah. way, I guess. Um, however, due to the Game Boy Advance's limitations, you do not generate monsters by inserting discs into the console, which is apparently a thing that you did. Yes, that's what made it amazing, is you just put in random CDs and things, and you'd get monsters off of that's them. That's so weird. And it's I want amazing. to know more. Just any CD? Like, you uh, could I put think in, there like... were specific ones, actually. Uh, um, and you can't just you... put like, Limp Biscuit in and just get a monster. <laughs> I think there's actually like a thing. Like I think Elton John gave you one. I'll Google what? it while you talk. Yeah, like, they were really like specific albums would give you specific monsters out of them um okay. but i yeah i can't i never owned it um i know uh max forgot to find owned it and loved mm. it so uh okay i'll uh i'll look it up well yeah i'll tell you a little bit about more about it then so monster rancher often compared to pokemon but the two are completely different uh the pokemon games are traditionally collection-based rpgs obviously you go out and you you put your monsters in your bowls Again, sounds weird. Whereas Monster Rancher, you, it's more like a breeding, animal breeding simulator in some ways, I suppose. Both yeah. sound wrong. A bit like creatures. Yeah. Um, so in the game, you take on the role of the monster hunter. Oh, monster hunter. See, I told you I was going to do it. You're not, you're not a hunter. You're a monster breeder whose goal is to raise monsters to fight in tournaments, which again seems so wrong. Um, the breeder must take it in hand to like raise the monster train it you feed it keep it healthy make it an exercise schedule which sounds way more work than i appreciate now um you try and like maximize its abilities before it dies of old age or is retired 
Um, they can have good, the monsters can have good or bad morale depending on how they're raised. So if they're loyal, they're more likely to like do better in battle, like make critical hits and whatever. Whereas like disloyal ones might refuse commands or just not fight. And uh, and yeah, it's it's a weird game that is mostly just like text screen, which I didn't really realize at the time. It's not really like a lot that of stats. much. Yeah, a lot of stats and just a lot of windows, a lot of text windows. <laughs> but I really I really enjoyed it. There was just something about it. I think I really I think for me I enjoyed the creature design. Uh, being like as we've discussed before, I really like animals, and so anything with like animals and monsters where you can like raise them and look after them, and and yes, you are putting them against each other to fight to the death, but it was fun. They're not real. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, did you ever watch the anime? No, but that was one of my facts: is that there is an anime. It's great. So I was more familiar with the anime than the games. I didn't realize there were games until much, much later mm. uh, in life. And um, yeah, it was great. It was a fantastic one. Yeah. Did you find out about the discs? Yes. So I'm looking at them now. God, there's so many. There were so many discs you could have put in. Were they so, actually like Monster Rancher discs? No, so they're CDs, like music CDs. So you could have put in some ACDC. What? You could have put in some Beastie Boys. Uh, David Bowie. Mariah Carey. Where I found some really good people. Uh, Celine Dion. Um, Enya. You had a fan <laughs> of Enya. Put them in. See, if I had that on like PlayStation, or whatever it was on, my parents would just be really pissed off because they just find me going through all of their CDs, just being like, "I want monsters." And they'll be like, what? "Our child is crazy." Insane cloud posse. There's no <laughs> monsters in these CDs. This is David Bowie. Anyway, it would have been a weird time. <laughs> so weird, but Marilyn Manson. Weird. Metallica. I guess a weird thing that never really took off. So many, so many CDs. I think pretty much if you're a big band, there's also like soundtracks. Uh, that you could have put in so like how does that work with like because once you take it surely once you lift the lid and you take a disc out the game is gonna like no because you remember like in playstation like one era you had to switch cds for different games right like that was the whole thing of yeah uh, but then how do you just put it in for like a second then take it out and then i think you have to wait for it to like you know realize but yeah like it it worked with the game i don't i don't know i feel like i'm missing out on something that was really exciting in the Uh, 90s you could also have put um, actual play- like other PlayStation games in, like any of the Final Fantasies and that kind what? of thing. You could have put in Sega games. If you had a Sega CD, they also went in there. So crossing even in thing as a Sega CD unless it was... What the fuck is a Sega CD? You don't know what Sega CD is? Dreamcast? I don't know. No, like... Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's given up on me. I've given can't teach this girl uh but yeah you could have put in loads of them um and it gave you monsters but not in this version so i don't even know why no no sorry it. It's, it was an interesting divergent because you know i just it's such a weird thing and i'm glad that i now know about it um and i can spout that fact at parties there you go yeah you'd be the hit of the town <laughs> yeah so anyway i just really liked this game i really liked how it was really japanese i liked the creatures one of my favorite creatures from this was a creature called Mochi. Oh, Mochi's adorable. Who I swear looks like something in like Spirited Away at one point. Yeah. Um, but it's not got a leaf on its head. It's kind of got like a green thing. But it just, the creatures do look very Pokemon-esque. They just look mm-hmm. very cute. And yeah, it was just, you know, it, it's number five for a reason. It was a good game. I enjoyed it for what it was. It stands out to me, but I don't think it's probably stood the test of time. But I think they made later ones. I have one final fact, and that uh, it's kind of just about the fact that Monster Rancher was once 
accepted as Sony's counter to Nintendo's Pokemon because obviously originally it was on PlayStation. Yeah. Um, even going as far to include PlayStation references in the animated series. However, it stopped being a PlayStation excuse, obviously, when it came out on Game Boy Advance. So it kind of seems like Monster Rancher was like, fuck you, PlayStation, and just went over to Nintendo anyway, which must have really sucked for PlayStation. Yeah. That does suck. Because they were like, hey, we don't got Pokemon, but we've got Monster Rancher, bitches, and you can put discs in, and it's all really exciting. And then suddenly, nope, that's over. Yeah. Off to Game like, Boy. Screw you, we're off. Yeah. That's probably not how it happened, and it was probably quite a serious professional affair, but I just like to think of it like that. <laughs> there was, Yeah, there was a lot of meetings, a lot of lawyers involved, uh, a lot of paperwork. <laughs> anyway, that's my number five. Nice. That was a good one. Uh, I didn't expect it. I didn't realise you were a Monster Rancher fan, mm. so this is cool. This list will be very unexpected. Mm, I'm excited. Um, saying unexpected, I'm going to talk about my number four now, and that is Pokemon Pinball. Okay. It was a Game Boy Color game, and it's I swear it's the one of the most addictive things I've ever played. Like, I should have had it in my addictive games, list we did but i totally forgot about it until i was doing this list and then i was like oh god it's the best um i never actually had it on uh the game boy color because i didn't own a game boy color i only owned a game boy original but i played the rom of it um because it was just fantastic and it's just one of those things it's just pinball i'm really not going to talk about this for very long because it's just, <laughs> it's just pinball with pokemon theme uh, around it um it was released in like 1999 and you just play pinball on like boards that have Pokemon on them. And then the idea is kind of like, while you're doing stuff, um, you get the ability to catch the Pokemon because the pinball, the ball that you're using is a Pokeball. Um, I mean, that poor Pokemon. Well, there's nobody in it. Oh, okay, good. It's just an empty ball. And then you use that, like, and then you have to- Are you sure? Is that confirmed? Yeah, because the whole, let me, let me finish. (laughs) Let me tell you. Pokemon rights, guys. So what happens is you hit certain things on the board and then you get the ability to catch a Pokemon with the Pokeball. Okay, cool. So then once you've caught it, it like... I think you hit it around still once you've caught it. Uh, so that doesn't work. But eventually it goes down the hole and then that's done. But So the idea is it's empty and you're hanging around to try and catch as many Pokemon as you can. Um, and there are various different like stages and different locations. It like unlocks... Um, that you hit you do by hitting various points around the board and stuff um there's like bonus things like a diglett stage and a gengar stage and a mewtwo one which i think is like the end goal is you have to get to the i was never very good so i don't think i saw many of these stages but i do i have played it a lot and i started playing it again yesterday when i was uh thinking about this list and i was like i'll just remind myself i played it for a really long time yeah well i'm sure you're still like holding up yeah, it's just one of those things. I think we all liked pinball. I mean, I still do, but I think it was just one of those things uh, when this was released. Like, we all had it on our Windows machines, and we played that yeah. a lot. And it's just kind of that, but with Pokemon, so it's great. Um, nice. Again, I don't have anything to talk about because it was it's just pinball, guys. Um, how many times can I say pinball in one one area <laughs> well, that's fair oh yeah i can't say i've played it i was never i've never been a huge pinball fan but um it does it if the, if i was ever to play a pinball it would probably be this one yeah i recommend giving it a try you can just play it on your browser now um, yeah that's how i played it yesterday um and it was great uh the only fact that i have for this game is that it came originally with a rumble pack and it rumbled when you hit stuff so it's like one of the first rumble things nice that's it 
That's okay. I find it hard to get some facts for mine as well. Um, yeah, they're difficult. And some of the facts are like just, I don't care. You know no, I mean? really boring you facts. This thing by doing this five times and then also do this thing, you'll get this special thing that's just like uh, two seconds of yeah. a pixel. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're done with pinball, yeah. should I go on to my number four? Go for it. This is another example where everyone's going to turn around and be like, what? <laughs> what have you done? But hey, it's my list, so it's my choice. My number four is Hamtaro. Ham, ham, heartbreak. Ha- what? Oh, <laughs> what? Tell me that name again. Hamtaro. Ham, ham, heartbreak. This is fantastic. For me growing up, the more Japanese a thing was, the more I was into it. <laughs> and um, and I found Hamtaro on the magical Xbox of emulators. And it, it just wooed me. It was incredible. So Hamtaro, Ham Ham Heartbreak, is a, it's a video game in the Hamtaro game series. Because there is a game series, believe it There's or not. There's a whole series of Hamtaro yeah. games. Um, so it's published by Pax Softnitica and published by Nintendo. And it is the sequel to, this is a long one, but apparently there's no English name for it. Totoko, Hamtaro, Tomodachi, Taikusen, Dechu, and Hamtaro, Ham Hams Unite. Second one was a lot easier to say. <laughs> but I did it. Um, I didn't play the other ones, but I did unfortunately have access to this. I don't know like, if it was that widely distributed. Like, It must have been because obviously it had like an English English name. So I think it may potentially be America and Europe, but maybe not like a big, big thing. Mm. It is, uh, it's an adventure game. And it's set in the world of the Hamtaro books and anime because Hamtaro is I before well this obviously this is my first interaction with Hamtaro but I knew later on that it was an anime and uh and like books and stuff and it's adorable because sorry I haven't actually really explained Hamtaro is a hamster it's a game I mean, about hamsters yeah that's good. for anyone that doesn't know um you control a hamster in the game as they call themselves Ham Ham but in particular you are Hamtaro. Hamtaro is the best. Uh, the game expands on the gameplay of the earlier titles, by, but by adding as well Bijou, which is a friend of Hamtaro, who's like the white hamster. She's she's cute. Um, she's a friend of Hamtaro, but she also has a crush on him, apparently. Aww. So you work together as like partners in this one. And <laughs> the storyline in this one is that somebody called Spat, who is an evil hamster, has a hatred for any kind of relation, relationship, friendship, just, just hates it. Hates any kind of relationship. So he like he destroys everyone's relationship, and you have to go and restore everyone's relationships. Basically, sounds goddamn adorable. It's amazing. It's actually, in my opinion, a really well done game. I actually downloaded it again on my phone to just play it to make sure that I wasn't crazy. And actually, I'm more sad that I didn't play it more than I did than anything like I wish I played it more at this point now um because I think I you know played it sort of quite a bit but it did sort of take a lot of concentration it was a complicated game you learn a language as well in it which is quite strange and by language I mean like you learn ham ham chats (laughs) ham ham chats are like ways of interacting with the world so you learn like hiff hiff which is like smell which is adorable Oh my goodness. Um, and my favorite one the other day, which I learned, is like one of the first ones that you learn. It's called like um, sticky, which is where you poke things with sticks, um, and you can like hit stuff, and you learn all these sort of things to interact with stuff, and save all the other hamsters and fix all these relationships. It's just damn adorable, guys. Okay, can, I like hamsters. Can you next time you're looking for a job, if you're ever looking for a job again, 
please on your CV put that you know ham ham chat as a language. <laughs> yeah, I should. I'm fluent in ham ham chat, guys. Hiff hiff. Hiff hiff. Sticky. <laughs> it's just yeah it's just cute i just fell in love with it when i was growing up and from then i i kind of always loved hamtaro and and yeah it's just it's just cute and i think just the mechanics and everything just works well and mm. it's just lovely and i'd recommend it if you want to play some game boy advance that sounds really cute and you were a big <laughs> hamster fan as well you had hamsters i did so i had a lot of hamsters yeah i oh. love them my favorite was lucifer lucifer was great tell everybody about lucifer so, okay, this is a little bit of a story. So I had a hamster called Lucifer who I, I once went in a pet shop. I think I was, I think I was 16. I think we just, we just finished school mm. for the day. Went into the local pet shop and there was a cage and it just said, hamster for free. Please <laughs> take. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, why? And like, cause I went and I sort of inquired about it. And, um, and I can't remember if he already had the name Lucifer. I think I named him Lucifer, but anyway, on like on the hamsters they always have like the date of birth and lucifer's date of birth was the 6th of the 6th 2016 <laughs> and um and they were like i was like why are you giving him away for free and they were like well he's just constantly escaping all the time like we lost him once for like a month and he lived off of the pet shop floor off of like eating dog food off the floor they couldn't find him they thought he was dead he reappeared later and he just wouldn't stop escaping and he was bear in mind he was white with red eyes and massively fat as well. Like he was huge because he'd been living off of the floor and eating all these like dog biscuits and stuff. And they were just, they just wanted him gone. <laughs> like we can't, we can't hack him anymore. He's an escape artist. He's just crazy. And I was like, I'll take him. And I didn't even ask my mum. I just got on my bus home with Lucifer because I named him Lucifer obviously because he was born on the sick for the sick for the sick. I was like, I'm taking this hamster home and no one's going to stop me. And I walked through the door and I was like, I've got a hamster. They just didn't care. They were they were used to it by this point. I'd always bring home random shit. Yeah. Um, and ham- I think I had him for like six years, which is funny considering. Um, <laughs> and I loved him and he was the sweetest and most loving and loveliest hamster. Not at all like the devil. Um And yeah, and that was Lucifer. He's, um, I'm not going to tell you the, the story of Lucifer's demise. No, that's a that's a story for another day. Oh no, I've said it. Now I've got to tell you. Oh god. Well, I said Lucifer's demise. I have to tell them. Um, yeah. Lucifer unfortunately did pass away in his sleep peacefully. Um, I was away at Reading Festival, but my mum wasn't quite sure what to do, and so she she texted me and she was like, "I buried him in the garden," and I was like, "Okay, what did you bury him in?" And she was like, "A jar," and I said, "Okay, did you seal the jar?" And she said, "Yes," and I said, "Mum, you just mummified my hamster." So yeah, Lisa lives on, guys. <laughs> Lisa's gonna be found. You know, like all those like archaeological uh, movies, like oh, yeah. the Mummy, and they accidentally release Imhotep. <laughs> yeah, but it's fine because Lucifer loves me and I love him. So yeah, I'll be saved. You'll be the first thing he comes to get. <laughs> so anyway, that was a really long story about my old hamster who I love dearly. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed. <laughs> All right. It was good. So, Worth it. <laughs> ham, ham, heartbreak. I've got a couple <laughs> of facts. Uh, apparently, in the caves at Sunny Peak, there is a pedestal with what looks like a sword in it. To lift the sword, the player must find a red, blue, and green marble to place in the pedestal, which is most likely thought to be a reference to the legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, in which you have to do a similar thing to get the Master Sword. And this is further backed up by having music similar to when you're trying to pick up the Master Sword in A Link to the Past, apparently. Oh, very cool. 
Um, there's also a ferry ride between the main part of Sandy Bay and the island, uh, which has a um, a scene where you're like, f- uh, apparently at the front of the boat and it looks like Titanic. That's okay. that's literally it. It's just like a weird. They just recreated Titanic scene, yeah. And there's also something I wanted to mention, which I'm really confused about, and I'm actually asking the people to help me with this one. Is apparently Hamtaro is mentioned in Super Smash Bros. Law, but I don't know that Hamtaro has ever been in a Super Smash game. But apparently, ah, it might have been. I don't know. That's cool. I tried to research it and gave up because I think I got bored. But yeah, I'd love it to know if Hamtaro would, would ever be in a Smash game. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. I wonder if he's just like one of the things you pick up, and he's like um maybe one of those weapon things. Because um, I don't think Hamtaro is going to be that good in a fight, but we'll see. Yeah, he's pretty. You know, maybe one day small and but yeah. So that's Ham Ham Heartbreak, everyone. I loved it. We on to your number three now. We are on to my number three. Um, so my number three. I'm glad you said that you don't have any Zelda because I have one Zelda, and that oh, is uh, the Legend of Zelda: The Minish Cap. Good. I was really worried. I was like, I I feel ashamed of myself. The fact that like me at thirteen just completely decided just not to play the Zelda game when I had access to it. So I'm glad that you're here. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I didn't play this until like much later. Like I said, didn't own the uh, advance. So I played this uh, just on an emulator um, because rebel, and uh, it was great. It's a lovely, lovely game. Um, it's I think the twelfth one in the series of. Zelda Zelda games um, and actually developed by Capcom and flagship um, and just kind of overseed by Nintendo it wasn't actually a Nintendo like release which I found really weird um, I didn't realize before um, it came out I think like 2004 so this was one that actually came out in Japan and Europe at the same time but didn't come out until in North America until 2005 the year later so we got one up on America getting all the stuff early uh, nice. for Zelda um, the, so the Minish Cap is, I guess the plot of the Minish Cap, it's kind of like normal Zeldas, where a young Link is like just chosen by the King of Hyrule uh, to do some stuff that he's clearly too young to do. Um, basically, uh, the Picori is like a race of tiny, tiny people that only children could see. Um, gift the like land a sword uh, to keep in and seal in some evil, because there's always some evil sealed in. And then uh, the baddie Vati, the antagonist of the game, uh, releases that evil because, of course, they do um, by destroying the blade and then releasing evil monsters into Hyrule. And I think he turns Zelda into stone, so she's stone most of this game. She's just a little, little statue. Yeah. Um, so off uh, Link goes uh, into Hyrule to try and like get rid of the monsters and find out how he can do stuff. Um, and into his voyage, he finds. Uh, Ezlo, who is a strange being who basically is a living green cap with a bird head. I was always intrigued by this. I didn't know much about Minish Cap, but I remember yeah. I remember that bird thing. Think sarcastic Navi. Like, really okay. sarcastic Navi. He, um, he basically allows you, he gives you the power to shrink down into the size of the Minish people. So you go super, super small. Um, he, and he kind of chats to you and basically just tells you where to go next he's just like that part of the zelda where you always have something to kind of talk tell you where to go and what to do um it's a typical normal zelda game you go through the land doing the dungeons and gathering the four elements to like fix the sword again and defeat the thing so typical standard zelda but it's just really cute um the art in it is really nice um 
it's not a very long game. I think there are only like six main dungeons that you have to do. But the nice thing about Minish Cap actually was that you could do a lot of stuff uh, in and around Hyrule. Like there's a lot going on in the town. There's a lot of characters, like like there's long, long ranches in there and all this kind of stuff. So even though it's one of the smaller, like top down kind of Zeldas, um, like Link's Awakening and those kind of ones, it um, because it was kind of in that era a little bit later on it had all of those extra things happening which was really nice you could go talk yeah. stuff do lots of little side things and collect a bunch of hearts and uh bottles and that kind of thing that you like doing um it's just a really nice it's a very pretty game i recommend looking at the art of it it's um really nice for uh being on like what i think people would consider an older console um it's quite vibrant it's not like that typical. I think earlier before this, most of the Zelda games, like when you look back at like Link's Awakening on the Game Boy, like because it was so earlier on Game of Color, it's that typical, like we were saying, that green basic kind of color palette on or like slight kind of colors, 8-bit colors. Um, whereas this one feels really like bright and lots of animation good. and that yeah. kind of thing going on. It was really sweet. Um, it also, I think it's the reason I really like this game actually um, of all the Zeldas is it does a really good job at using the items that you find in dungeons other than just in that dungeon like, you know what I mean like a lot of the ge- like Zelda games you go to a dungeon you pick up an item and then pretty much the key of that dungeon is to use that item to fix all the puzzles and beat the thing and that's kind of what you use it for like there's very rare Zelda games that you use the dungeon items outside like I think Twilight Princess mm. was quite bad for that um, whereas this one, you get um, a couple, especially things like there's a gust jar, which is like a, I don't know if the gust jar is in many other Zeldas. Um, it's basically like a thing that pumps air, but you use it like for everywhere in the game. It just gets used quite a lot. Um, and there's a couple like items like that that are really nice. So that's kind of something going for it. Um, and they do a really good job at making you feel small. Like there's some really cool scenes and puzzles involving you shrinking down to be the Minish people and then like getting bigger again and doing like little puzzles like that. Um, but yeah, it's just a really nice Zelda game. Mm. I recommend it for sure. I I think doing my list, I realized that I lost out by not playing this because I was sort of looking at the screenshots and everything. I thought, actually, I think I, think I would have been into this, but I think my problem was growing up, I was never really into the top-down Zeldas mm-hmm. and I still I still struggle even when they came out, once came out on like, um, like the DS and stuff, like Phantom hourglass or whatever it's called or phantom tracks i can't remember what they were called because uh, i owned them i got them but i've always struggled i think for me i i just love the, the other type they you know, like the the 3d kind of big yeah the 3d zelda's I, I think i think that's just me and I, I hate the fact that that's me and i wish i had more patience and i wish i was more into them but you know yeah it's, it's fine i i would love it though if they i don't know if they've done this but like if they remastered some of the older ones on like switch like if they did minish cap on switch that'd be cool yeah i think so you could buy minish cap on the wii u um because mm. my whole plan for my wii u is to turn it into a zelda machine and just buy every zelda game i possibly nice. can on that machine because i think i could get up to breath of the wild on it i think it had literally every zelda game um that you could get and then yeah but i think this one would really lend itself to being remade onto the switch like even if they didn't do anything to it i think even if they just put it on the switch it would yeah. work really nicely yeah, um, I'm with you. I I think I always used to lean a lot more towards the 3D Zeldas. And then I think after I played, which one it was, like Link Between Worlds, um, 
that one i don't know i just something clicked in me and i really got into them so i ended up playing like all the older um ds ones and then i ran out of those and so i went back even further and then that's why i ended up playing this one and i really enjoyed it um but it did take me a while to get into the small like like you said the more 2d top-down ones um Hmm. i am tempted to get Link's awakening on switch that is something that i've thought about it's very nice game Um, i recommend it but um yeah it's definitely a different kind of feeling zelda's uh, i think on the the top down ones um but if you have a uh an itch of zelda it does fill them quite nicely that's course, what i always yeah. find like you just need some need some zelda sometimes yeah um but that's kind of it um, i've got a couple facts um so because this wasn't strictly made by nintendo i think capcom wanted to show their love for nintendo a little bit so um in a couple of cameos are made by various um nintendo characters uh one of which is the Bobombs from the mario series they make a cameo as like dungeon enemies quite a lot of the time mm-hmm. which are really cute yeah. uh and i think there's a couple others um that appear and then the only other fact i got which made me uh kind of happy but also creeped out at the same time was that valti the main like antagonist of the game uh his laugh is actually a, just a shortened version of the happy masked salesman's <gasps> laugh from majora oh, Mask. No. so it's just like a little little like <laughs> rather than you know the full one still creepy as fuck right still creepy so you you get the sense that he's evil um yeah but yeah that's kind of it that was it for minish cap but it's a good it's a good one for sure i'm very glad it made the list (laughs) because this next one is gonna be a weird one too all good so my number three Mm -hmm. is uh, a game by original game one of the first ever games i think i ever played to be honest was uh a game called the boy and his blob the rescue of princess blobette where are you finding these things? <laughs> I think we've swapped this week. Like, normally I'm the one who's bringing all the weird, yeah. like, indie stuff. I like it. So, well, it's not really indie. It's just it's just a really old game. It was released in Europe in 1991 and um, for the Game Boy. And we actually did own this. My, my brother had this, I guess, because my brother was the one with the Game Boy because, I don't know, it seemed to be like a thing back in, a, in the olden days when we were kids where it was like the boy gets all the, all the consoles. Uh, that changed later on in life, I think, when they realised that I was, like, super into video games. But um, this game was one, yeah, I was playing from such an early age, and I loved it. And actually, I think it's quite a good game now in regards to its mechanics. You wouldn't really play it now, because it, as I said, Game Boy Original, you can barely see anything on the screens. I have my Game Boy Original, actually, and I have bought a few games for it, but I think I need to take it apart and do something with the LEDs because you can barely see a fucking thing. And I don't remember it being that bad. Yeah, I think they are starting to fade a little bit, but you can't mm. be in like, you need perfect lighting yeah. for an old Game Boy. I remember can't with this one. Can't be too light, can't be too dark. Just I remember with this game, I had like this little screen that you put over the top of the Game mm-hmm. Boy yeah. that would like shade it, if that makes sense, shade it from the sun. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was super handy. But yeah, so <laughs> the rescue of Princess Blobette. I, I've sort of gone off on a tangent. It's a sequel to the Nintendo Entertainment System game, uh, A Boy and His Blob, Trouble on Blobonia. <laughs> so much blob time. Have you ever heard of A Boy and His Blob? I have, actually. Um, but I think just from, like, maybe... Did they make a remake? Uh, they have, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, I never played the SNES version, but um, I played the Game Boy 1. It basically follows two protagonists as you attempt to rescue Princess Blobette from her imprisonment within a castle tower. So you're a boy and you have a blob. I don't know the, the, story, the, don't know the story before this. I don't know how you got the blob. 
Maybe oh. that's in the first one, but I just you just have the blob, and Probably he's your friend, and yeah. you're rescuing his wife, Blobette, apparently. Um, so like Blobette is the damsel in distress, and she's been imprisoned by the antagonist alchemists within the highest tower of the royal castle on the planet Blablonia. It's really hard to say that Blablonia. Um, the pair must navigate the various passages and floors of the castle to locate and free Blobette. So it features the same puzzle platformer gameplay from the first one, which is effectively where you can't really do much as your like boy self. Mm. All you can do really is sort of move from left to right. But the the cool mechanic of the game, especially back in the Game Boy era, was that you feed Blob jelly beans. And the different jelly beans have different flavours and they cause Blob to change depending on the jelly bean that you've given him. And so you get him to change into things that help you navigate the environment. So... For example, like feeding Blob a tangerine jelly bean will change him into a trampoline. And so then you can use to reach like high platforms. There's one I think where it's like a bubble where you turn the Blob into like a bubble and then you can like float around. There's loads of different little things that you can do. And I think being a child, like my mind was blown Mm. because I hadn't really interacted with a game that was so strategic. You know, normally... I was interacting with platformers, things like Mario, where you're just like jumping platform to platform, where it's just very like, whereas this actually sort of required some thought. And for me, it was like probably one of the, yeah, like one of the first sort of strategy puzzle games that I've really interacted with. Um, and it is an old game. So I think they, for what they did, I mean, I know it was on the SNS as well, and I'm sure it probably had the same sort of mechanics, but I just thought it was just really clever. Yeah, sounds very cool, to be fair. Like, yeah. like you said, like it seems like you could do a lot with it, it from yeah. when it was from. And uh, and yeah, I don't really have much more to say about it, really, apart from the fact that I just... It's one of those games that, for me, is like, when I see it or I hear it, um, it just brings me back to when I was, like, a very, very small child, like, sitting in my house, being a small child, playing this game. It's just... It's so nostalgic for me, but I also just think that it enticed me for a reason, and I think, you know, being someone that really enjoys puzzle and sort of strategic games, even, like, a point-and-click like that, like... It just, yeah, it kind of wooed me. And I've never, I've never forgotten it. It's always been one that's in the back of my mind. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds cool. Like I said, I, I could picture the remake version in my head. Like the, yeah. the picture of the front cover or whatever it is of it. Um, yeah, but I don't know what I... it's about. It sounds cool. So that's one of my facts, which is that um, there was a wee reimagining of a boy and his blob. Trouble on Blobonia. I hate saying that word. Blobonia. <laughs> uh, but it is spelled like that. It's spelled like Blobolonia. Oh, it's I so mean, difficult. Why did they title job. it that? It's too early to get drunk. <laughs> yeah, no chance. Um, yeah. So that was like based on that one. In, that was two thousand and nine that they did that. Um, and the, so the creator of this, well, it was designed and programmed by a guy called David Crane, who also created the original NES, but is also known of Pitfall fame. So the game uh, Pitfall. Okay. Yeah. Um, he wasn't involved in the new game creation, but there also was. Um, it was also released again, the like the newish one, Trouble on Bablonia. <laughs> Re-released on the Wii Virtual Console service, apparently. Um, never played the remakes. I'm well not remakes, but you know what I mean, like the, the reimagined ones. I yeah. want to because I have so much love for mm. for that boy and his blob. But um just haven't really got around to it. I don't know if it'll ruin it. I kind of because I do have the Gibber original, I'm kind of actually tempted to buy the original one. Um, maybe it will force me to try and sort my Game Boy out because there is tutorials online about how to lighten them because um, they have they do sort of fade over time. Mm. Um, so I can play a boy nice. in his blob. That sounds like a great plan. <laughs> yes, it's a weird one, but a good one. 
Can you say Blobonia for me one more time? Blobonia. <laughs> I hit my elbow when I did that. Ow. Oh, you okay. <laughs> I, got, I said it really enthusiastically. Like, I, I waved my arms just around. like throwing your arms in the air. <laughs> yeah. Blobonia. Um, yeah, so that's Blobonia. I don't, that was all the facts that I had really. There's not really, apart from like random facts about game mechanics, there's not really much else to say about it. Okay. Um, but, you know, this one had a bit more of a backing to as opposed to Hamtaro, Ham Ham Heartbreak, where I'm like, it's cute, I like it. This one's kind of like, I can see why people appreciated it at the time. Mm-hmm. It's got got some depths in there. Yeah. Nice. And that's that's it. Very cool. All right, my number two um, is uh, the game that I feel like we had to mention because we're talking about uh, Game Boy, and that's Tetris. Cool. Um, yeah. The classic game of Tetris. Uh, it's a portable version of Alexis Pachivnov's, I can never say his name, I'm so sorry, um, original Tetris that was released in on the Game Boy in 1989, so the year of my birth um, that was born. It's the same, I. it's always the same Tetris. I mean, I think if you know games, you know Tetris, but it's uh, based originally, if you didn't know, on the game of Tetrominoes, which is uh, where you, Tetrominoes is where it comes from. So it was like a board kind of game, like a little puzzly thing where you have to fit um it's kind of like geometric shapes comprised of four squares and you have to fit them all together into a like block like a nice neat square or rectangle block oh my um, god i did not know that this was a thing uh, yeah so this is where it comes from and so what alexey petrovanov did was put mike uh, he really liked the game like just the board game and he wanted to make it on the computer because he was a computer engineer um and he added the idea that uh like gravity was used to make them fall from the sky and then you had to do it with speed and then you have to like line them up into the neat blocks and then they disappear so he kind of put took that original thing and made it into the game that you now know i'm really glad that they changed the name right like can you imagine if tetris was still tetronomo so i think it's the name tetris apparently is based off that tetronomos and apparently his favorite game alexi was um tennis so he put them together (laughs) <laughs> Not it works te- a lot better tennis has um, anything to do with tetris it's like it, it's saying tetronimo is just like saying blablonia it's um <laughs> really difficult it's tough yeah so yeah tetris is a good name tetris works tetris is easy to say um yeah as you just continue to play the game it's one of those games i find it's like not relaxing but it is relaxing if you get what i mean I play Tetris when I just, I want to play something, but I don't want to think that much about it. I just kind of want to get into something and play like a really quick puzzly type thing. It's the same reason I do like loads of Sudoku. Like technically I'm thinking because you have to think about where you want to put the pieces, but you're just kind of switching off a little bit. You don't have to like, I don't know, go on some grand adventure. You just want a Tetris. So I think we're different in that regard because Tetris stresses me the fuck out. Um... (laughs) It's, I think it's a combination of like the music, the high intensity, the panic when you accidentally fuck up. Yeah, it's, it's to me, it's not a relaxing game. I enjoy it. Um, and I actually I actually own this on the original Game Boy when I was younger. So right. I'm quite happy you included it. I actually forgot about it, surprisingly enough. Wow. Uh, but looking back at it, I'm like, yes, I did actually have some good times on that. Yeah, it's just an easy, I find it just quite an easy thing to play um, if I can't be bothered to play anything else. Um there's just not much to say about it. It's pretty iconic. Um, it just sucks you in and keeps you there for a while. Like it was a huge phenomenon when it came out. Like people just got super addicted to it. Um, while you listen to the classic music, which is kind of a half fact, is based on a Russian folk song called uh, Korobenki or Korobeniki. 
something very Russian mm. that I can't pronounce very well. Um, but yeah, I love that music so much. Um, I uh, I was looking more and more into the history of Tetris actually while I was doing this because I found out I didn't really know. So that was fun. Uh, I recommend people watch it. There's like a five minute like YouTube thing on the history of Tetris, but it's quite interesting um, because it came out of Russia in the Cold War kind of era, I think. Um, and the guys originally didn't realize they could make any money off of it. They were just like, well, it doesn't belong to us. It belongs to Russia because that was the thing at the time. Oh, wow. um, and so eventually it became this thing. But uh, yeah, uh, it just kind of went round their little, uh, their university of science and everyone was like really addicted to it. They said like, and it just became this, this thing and it just kind of ballooned from there. Hmm. Um, cool. But yeah, the uh, I have a couple of facts about Tetris. Um other than the history of it. Um, so apparently the Apple co-founder, Steve w- Wozniacki, loved Tetris. He became obsessed with it. And he got so good that he would every time send his uh, high scores to Nintendo Power Magazine when it was still running. Um, he always had the highest score that they had. Uh, so much so that he eventually, Nintendo Power just stopped publishing his name in the magazine. Like even when he sent it in, because they were just like, he's just always there. I can't, we can't do it anymore. <laughs> he's always at the top. Damn this, Steve. Um, uh, so eventually he started sending his name in backwards. Um, Amazing. And then published because they didn't quite realise that it was the other way around. Um, which you I found that your name backwards is like your devil name. Oh. <laughs> I really need to... Mine is Icken. Icken? <laughs> it's a devil name. Mine's uh, have pets hoof pets i mean that's Hoof-pets. yeah that's a <laughs> that's a devil if i've ever seen one okay, right sounds kind of jewish hoof pets um <laughs> well you is, are jewish that's yeah, fine it works um and the only other fact that i have is that tetris was the first ever video game to be played in space uh oh yeah that is yeah the game and the game boy that it played on spent 160 96 days on board the Mir Space Station. Mir Space Station. <laughs> the what? Did you mean why. to say that? I don't know why I went Blabonia. to Blabonia. <laughs> the Mir Space Station. In this, is a, this is an episode full of words that are said incorrectly. <laughs> it is Mir. It's M I R. Mir Space Station. Oh, okay. In why are you saying it like that? What? Mir? Mir? <laughs> How am I supposed to say Mir Space Station. You seem to say it. You're like, Mir. <laughs> Sorry, I'm ruining your thing again. It's fine. It did. I don't know. I've, I've Please lost continue about um, the Mer Space Station. Mer Space Station. Mer Space Station. That's fine. Um, it orbited around the Earth more than 3,000 times. And uh, eventually the game and the system were auctioned off in 1996 for £1,220. Or dollars, sorry. Nice. That's my fact. It's I'm, quite I got cheap, there, really, isn't it? Right. I mean, in 1996, maybe that was a bit of money, but maybe uh, it just seems quite well priced. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bargain. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to work out what that would be in like pounds at that age. It'd probably be like 900 and something. So yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's the end of Tetris. <laughs> okay. Cool. What's your number two? My number two is I actually um, I get normal towards the end of my top five. I okay. become a bit more mainstream. I've gone. I've used my weird ones. Uh, my number two is Super Mario Land on the Game Boy original. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't put this in my thing. 
So this was a game that I had on my original Game Boy as a small child. Mm -hmm. It was released in 1989. It's a side-scrolling platform video game developed and published by Nintendo. It was a launch title for the Game Boy handheld, which is cool. So I think that's probably why I had it. It's probably one of the ones that came I had it. when you bought it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's similar to that of the 1985 Super Mario Bros, but resized, obviously, for the smaller screen. Uh, the player, it's a standard Mario game. You advance, like to 12 levels by moving right and jumping across platforms you know it's it's fairly standard there's not really much to say about the mechanics of the game yeah it's it was fairly simple but amazing for its time like it was it was very fun in this one you're um, rescuing princess daisy which oh. is exciting so not princess peach this is her debut moment didn't realize it was daisy yeah and I think this is one of the only ones where she is actually starring in it, as opposed to just being like a side character from, from what I read, I think. Playing tennis, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is like her only moment, bless her. <laughs> Poor Daisy. <laughs> My time to shine. She didn't know that it was going to be over so quick. Mm. That was going to be that. Um, as I said, not really much to say about it. It infatuated me because, you know, it was probably one of the first ones I played along with Boy and his Blob, um, probably up there with, with that and Tetris 2. It just, it was just a great Mario game and it just worked really well on the Game Boy and literally, I could not put it in the list because I thought it's, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good Game Boy game. We're going to have Mario somewhere in the Game Boy list. Exactly. So, well, I'm happy because we mentioned Mario, we mentioned Zelda, we, we, you know, we've at least hit some of the, we've also mentioned some other weird ones, but yeah, we're covering all the bases at least. Yeah. So all I've really got for you for this one is facts because that's it. That's all I can really provide you. Yes. Um, and... So the one interesting thing about this one is it was the first Mario game created without Shigeru Miyamoto's involvement. Okay. I can't remember why. <laughs> but it was created by... <laughs> like a holiday. Yeah, probably. It was just like, just give me a break, guys. It was created by someone called... Yu I think I might miss out the last name, but Yokoi, um, who created the Metroid series and also designed the Game Boy and Virtual Boy gaming system. So, you nice. know, it's all good. Yeah. Miyamoto had a bit of a break. Um... And in regards to Daisy, apparently in the instruction manual, Daisy is referred to as Daisy Princess instead of Princess Daisy. Did something just happen to the really? spaceship? Just... Did you not just hear that uh, horrible hairdryer go past my window? Like... I heard uh, what I thought sounded like a spaceship. It sounded like a very, very angry swarm of bees. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. It's fine. I've interrupted yours enough, so this is fine. Um... Yeah, so she was in the manual. She was referred to as Daisy Princess instead of Princess Daisy. Uh, apparently, it's because of her Japanese name, Daisy Him, um, which places the word Daisy before the word Princess, which is a shit fact, and I'm really sorry, but I didn't have. <laughs> I wanted to get as much facts as I could because I didn't have much to say about this. I like it. This works. She's a Daisy Princess, guys. Daisy Princess. So this is the only Mario game to include real-world locations and enemies. Examples include fire-breathing sphinxes, which I remember. Chinese vampires. I don't understand what this means, right? What is Chinese? I vampire? don't know. I meant I meant to look into it, and I forgot. So I'm gonna do it now. But this is the fact. This is just the fact that I found. Um, so I'm guessing that maybe it's like a vampire from Chinese law. Oh, called a pionpi. Maybe is that is that what it is? Let's have a look. Pionpi. Ah, okay. Yes. They are based on Jiangxi, a mythical vampire and zombie-like creature supposedly originating from Chinese folklore. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, when I first read that, I was like, what do you mean Chinese vampires? <laughs> that Am I makes... supposed to know about Chinese <laughs> vampires being real things? 
that that makes sense now. And Stoneheads apparently. Um, so I yeah, it includes. I remember. I remember the Chinese sphinxes quite a lot. The Chinese sphinxes, not Chinese sphinxes. The Chinese. Sphinxes. I remember Chinese the fire vampires. breathing sphinxes. Not everything uh, is just Chinese. I know. Help me. Um, it's also the only Mario game that apparently lets you pilot a submarine and airplane. I don't know if that still stands, but I mean, probably not with the new like three. D ones maybe maybe not I don't know I don't know how old that fact is hmm. actually I don't know could be Tell us. could be I didn't fact check my facts that's right it's not our job but that's for the internet to yell at us about yeah exactly and uh, my last and final fact is that apparently the incident inci- <laughs> what is happening today <laughs> the in- invincibility track. Um, for the game is actually the can-can composition instead of the original Invincibility I did a track from the Super Mario Bros. trilogy. So if you listen to it, it's not the typical one that you're used to. It's actually just the can-can. Amazing. I heard it obviously clock at the time. Yeah, now you say it, I can hear it in my head like when it happens, but yeah. Yeah. And that is all my facts. And that's, you know, I don't think there's much more to say about Mario. No, I think that's fair. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I had this one. I think I got it just when I got my uh game boy i think it just came with it did you also play the second one the mario land 2 don't think i did super mario land 2 is good it's worth it it kind of looks a bit more like uh modern mario he kind of uh gets a bit of his like face going on rather than him being the like tiny blob that he is uh, at the start it's pretty good um and i think wario appears in it for like the first time um but yeah they're both pretty good good game we have a quick little look see uh no i didn't but i see actually i see i see what you mean it looks a lot like yeah you can actually see his face yeah yeah looks like mario today yeah no it looks good though it's good one yes um cool all right then so uh number ones are up but do we want to do um honorable mentions we do well done for remembering i did it um you go first um i only have like three on our mentions and we've just spoken about two of them super i had super mario land and super <laughs> mario land 2 and then the only other honorable mention i had was a game that i randomly paid and i got weirdly addicted to on the advance which was like bruce lee's dragon something i couldn't even That's, remember the name of it sounds interesting it's like a bruce lee game on the game boy um i think it's like return of the legend and it was great. You just play as nice. Bruce Lee and you beat people up. That's uh, that's it. That's my game. That <laughs> sounds good. So I've got uh, three. Um, one of mine is a game called Golden Sun on the Game Boy Advance, which the reason it isn't in my list, because I know it's a really good game. I didn't play it enough. I played bits of it, like only tiny, tiny, tiny bits. And uh, it's an RPG, but I think, yeah, I just didn't play enough of it for me to actually put it in my list. But I know it's a good game, so I wanted to mention it. Um, also a game called Kiru 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 Rin, which is uh, a game where you're effectively like a stick. Uh, it's a puzzle video game and you kind of got to, <laughs> it's, I'm making it sound like really weird, but you're in like a kind oh, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, I didn't even know where to begin to spell that to like. Kiru Kiru, so K-U-R-U-K-U-R-U-K-U-R-U, Rin. Kiru 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 Rin. You're you're like a stick, and you're you are like a stick. 
I think you're actually like a frog because you can see your face in like bottom left and I think it's like your spaceship but you kind of have to like move around the environment um and like not hit the walls and stuff and uh, it was just quite fun it's just quite a fun game yeah nice yeah and then my last one is a game for the Game Boy original which is one that I report recently and then one of the flush down the toilet um but I, it was really really good at the time i think i just struggled with it now uh it's crusty's fun house oh the game by advance and the reason why it's like a bit frustrating is because you're basically you're crusty and there's all these like rats around and you have to like direct the little rats around on the mice whatever the hell they are i don't even know anymore um for all the little doors and it was actually just i think it was just a continuous music when i played it the other day it was just intense i was like can't see anything but it was actually quite a good game and it seems to have like 96 percent. so i think it was re-released on consoles where it did a lot better because you could actually see stuff see what you're doing um, yeah but on the Game Boy original, it was like very grey and green, as we described earlier. But still, it's still a good game, despite my recent attempts to revisit it. Oh. Uh, and that's it. That's my honorable mentions. Nice. Okay, then. So we're on to number ones. Yes. And my number one, I think you can probably guess what I've picked as my number one. Uh, okay. Uh, I've gone with Pokemon Red. Okay, cool. Um, I had to mention Pokemon at some point. Um. I've spoken, I was trying to think if I have spoken about Pokemon Red much before, um, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit now. Uh, it was released on the original Game Boy um, and is a role playing game by Game Freak. In, it, was, it came out in like 1996 in Japan, and then I think we got it in 1998 to 9, like everywhere else. Um, and that's, yeah, it was much later. I think by that point, Japan was already covered in Pokemon fever and then it slowly spread to the West of the world um, in that time slash early 2000s. Um, if you haven't played Pokemon, I guess, uh, or don't know Pokemon, you basically play as a uh, small boy. Um, now I think you can be a small girl, but in the first one you had to be a boy named Red or Ash. Um, and you have to navigate him throughout the regional uh, the fictional region of Kanto uh, to become a Pokemon monster. That is your quest. Uh, and to do that, you have to capture and train your Pokemon team and then beat all the gym leaders in the towns, like beat everybody up and then all the top people in the land and claim the throne for your own. It's quite cutthroat in the world. I think that, you know, that's a good summary. Yeah, that's what we have to do with the first game. That's kind of what they've taken on. They've added to it like so much more in like the later ones but that's the basis one of every pokemon game um you also have to you're supposed to p complete the pokedex which at the time was only 150 pokemon now it's like 5000 um yeah it's ridiculous but at the time it was quite doable because it was only 150 um and it was just cute i just really enjoy pokemon um i was truly hit by the pokemon fever when i was a kid um and i think it's pretty much because i had this game and I enjoyed playing it. I still have my Pokemon Red uh, now and I still have my original game on there. Um, I have like two or three, I think half my team is level 100. I was very proud of myself um, for doing that. I played this game a lot. I think one of them is a Krabby. I think I was just like super <laughs> about a Krabby um, at that time. Um, yeah, there's just lots of stuff going on. It was just quite a different game, I think. Because like we've said, a lot of the games that... Um, I had on the Game Boy at the time, and I didn't own that many, were just platformers, which were really good fun. And I really enjoyed all like puzzle games, but this was the first one that was like a proper role-playing game. It was much longer. There was a story to it uh, more than 
like here is a princess go save them kind of deal um and i think that's why i got really into it and i could be a person and see myself wandering around and competing against your rival who is blue or gary or what other horrible name you decided to give him (laughs) because you hated him um yeah and it was just really nice i just enjoyed traveling like through all the towns and new areas and stuff and finding like oh what pokemon kind of live here and that kind of thing i think again it feeds into our things about us 90 kids of loving anything that lets us take care of animals in a game yeah and essentially that's what i kind of felt like i was doing like yes okay i'm making them fight but uh, they love me for it, so it's fine. Like, yeah, they don't there care. Did, there did seem to be this thing back in the nineties where it was like, "Yes, collect and raise the cute animals, and I'll make them fight to the death." I'm not <laughs> sure why. It was kind of like that whole thing about when you were little and people would like make red ant and like black ants fight and stuff, um, which never what? went well. Do you not remember that? What are you do- like? Maybe that was because I like had a brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, like he'd make like insects fight each other. Oh my, um, I feel like I've, we've stepped into a world of like <laughs> dark corner, Nikki. Sorry. Room, like, I never waving. did it. I thought it was horrible, but I know that like little boys and like my brother and stuff would like be like, I don't know my brother, yeah. I don't think he was that mean. He's probably going to listen to this one day and be like, what the fuck? How dare you? Like a monster. <laughs> but I just, remember that, I just remember that being a thing. Um, yeah. And so I'm just saying maybe it like fills into that thing of like being a kid and wanting to be like, yeah, make him fight, make him fight. Like little brats. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. Either way, I'm just trying. I'm not. I'm trying to justify it when it shouldn't be justified. We shouldn't make Pokemon fight each other, but then we wouldn't have a game. So I don't know where I'm going with that either. Also, it's Pokemon, so no one can like. Like they're not real. I'm not actually collecting animals. <laughs> it's not like what I'm doing in the Pokemon game is like there's a land somewhere where someone's actually carrying out these things. You know what I mean? Like I'm all like not. not having fighting animals in the real world, but in my game, I mean, who cares? Um. But yeah, <laughs> and they also don't die; they just faint. Like you don't kill it's true, them. It's true. Yes, they just, just faint. Take them off to your thing. Anyway, we're not going to get into the ethics and philosophy of Pokemon. Um, <laughs> it was a good game, and I liked it when I was a small child. Um, and I still think I could play it now. I think for, for all the old games with random battles in, this one doesn't feel as bad. Um, when you replay it, mostly because most of the areas you have to be traveling through like a specific thing, like the grass. Otherwise, when you're running around town or just doing general stuff, like it doesn't really affect you. The only time that gets really annoying is if you're in a cave and then you get like harassed by Zubats and then you just want to die. It's just the worst thing. Um, I hate Zubats. But, you know, if you like Zubats, it's the best place to be. Or Clefairies. Clefairies running at you. Um, but yeah, it's good. I really enjoyed it as a game. Um, like I said, I think there was a bit more depth to it than I think I had played previous on anything and that's kind of what um got me into that kind of thing of games um i played it a lot with my cousin at the time who's older so i think that helped me understand what the hell i was supposed to doing i remember loving the safari zone which was like an area where pokemon could roam free in the safari zone you would have liked this um and you could go out and catch them but you couldn't like take them out with you i think like you had to kind of give them back or something like that Mm. can't remember how the safari zone worked maybe you could i can't remember but i remember enjoying it you weren't allowed to like fight them particularly you could just throw rocks at them Um, oh (laughs) you can't fight them but you can throw rocks at them sounds like a fight to me throw rocks at them and then throw a ball and that was all you could do like you couldn't no that was it please don't throw rocks at them (laughs) come on You could take them away with you, but you couldn't use your Pokemon to fight them. So you just had to throw rocks at them. 
and then throw pokeballs at them and just hope that they went in. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm not sure I like Safari. I don't think that's, uh, <laughs> so. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee are basically Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. They're the same story and same areas and stuff. It's the same Kanto. And I don't know, remember, I've never, I've not played it. And so I don't remember whether they let you go to the Safari Zone in this, in the new one, and whether they kept the same rock throwing thing. I don't think they did. Because, I can imagine maybe not. Yeah. I mean, in Let's Go, I don't think you really fight much. I think you just throw a Pokeball. I've not really played it. It's more yeah. like Go. Um, but anyway, uh, Pokemon. I mean, there's so much things we could say that are yeah. wrong with the idea of Pokemon, but it's very cute and I very much enjoy the games anyway. Um, and yeah, that's kind of it. Um, there's not much to talk about with Pokemon Red. It's quite an old one, but um, I have some facts. Cool. Um, so apparently uh, in one of the towns, I think it's Viridian City, there's an old man who's l- just laid down in the middle of the street protesting his lack of morning coffee. Um, I understand that. Yeah, right. However, in the Japanese version, he's actually passed out from drunkenness, and you have oh. to bring him coffee to sober him up. So we didn't get that. <laughs> Two version. different, very, very different things. <laughs> very different messages. I mean, I like the idea of protesting lack of morning coffee, I, but I think that would happen to me too many times in a week. So that's not such a good one. Yeah, I think they just put that in just because they didn't want to have like a drunk guy in there. But I would have just been like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, but I then- mean, I think this the rest of the world like the states especially was more protective of their children being uh shown drunk people than japanese people they just did, like yeah but you know we all need to accept that they exist you know right. we can't cover it up like you're you're gonna see a drug man one day on the floor it's gonna happen it's... <laughs> yeah. at least let pokemon like you know long you away. although that <laughs> does mean that they're teaching them to like bring these drunk men coffee which i guess is nice uh, yeah, I can understand, like, maybe not going near the, the drunk man on the floor. Strange danger. <laughs> yeah, don't do it, kids. Um, the other fact I have is um, some Pokemon in this game share the same cries, so they, like, the noises that they make when they appear. Um, however, some examples of things having the same one is that Charizard, Rhyhorn, Ditto, Poliwag, Goldeen, and Caterpie all have the same noise. What I really like about that is that Charizard is like one of these giant dragons in the game and Caterpie is a tiny caterpillar and I like the idea that they have the same noise. So either there's a tiny Caterpie with a really like loud roar or there's a Charizard with a tiny little voice. <laughs> I enjoyed thinking about that for a while. Yeah. Um, and more about Charizard is that in the original games, Charizard could not learn fly despite having giant wings. Um, yeah, what is that about? I know, it was the most ridiculous thing. And actually, I don't know if you remember, there was an old Smosh video on YouTube that made fun of this. It was like when Pokemon was really still quite big and they were making YouTube videos. And I think the guys at Smosh made a video where it's like, why can't you fly, Charizard? Like yelling at him. And then you see a guy fly past on like a Pidgey. Just yelling, fuck my Pidgey! <laughs> Bloody Pidgeys. I know, right. Uh, this was later introduced in uh, Pokemon Yellow. But yeah, in the first games, he cannot learn fly despite having giant wings and being the biggest thing that flies in the game. Um, and my last fact, which I found out and I just really enjoyed, was that according to a journal entry in the game, Mewtwo's birthday is February 6th, which makes him an Aquarius. <laughs> Lovely. Great fact. Yeah. <laughs> always ending on the quality facts. <laughs> okay. 
That's my number one. We're on to we're on to mine. Yeah. Mine's gonna be a really short one. Really, really, really short one. Alright. Um and you won't expect this, but you'll find out why this is on my list. And it's uh it's Pokemon Emerald, which is ah. the only Pokemon game that I've ever played. Amazing. <laughs> I played it on a ROM much like much later in life. I think I might have been twenty-four. Um I just decided that one day I wanted to actually play Pokemon because I yeah. never really properly got into it as a kid. I missed the boat, so to speak. Um, and I spent ages on it. I think like I remember I went on holiday as well around that time and I spent like my whole airplane journey, like my whole holiday like playing Pokemon Emerald. And it was just I just realised that Pokemon is just really relaxing for me. Yeah. It's it just it's relaxing. chill. It's mm-hmm. nice. And uh but I didn't know that the Pokemon Emerald is effectively an advanced version of of Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Did not know that. I just thought Pokemon Emerald was like its own thing, but apparently it's yeah. not. No, they they do they went through a while of like releasing um after they released the first two, so like red and blue were like the first two, they then released a third one that was kind of the combination of those two games that was like had extra stuff in. And that was yeah. like yellow, emerald, and I think the later one was like crystal is one of them. Yeah. But I had no idea, but I enjoyed it. And I think I just thought like I am a bit I'm a bit of a Pokemon noob, but I'm like, this is my one thing that I got. Um yeah, so it just it begins as we said, we've already spoken about Pokemon, so I really shouldn't have to do this, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um you move to your home in Little Root Town and then you um you save the local Pokemon Professor Birch from a wild Pokemon. He thanks you, gives you a Pokemon, and encourages you to travel around and collect as much data on Pokemon as you can. And you have a rival and it's basically everything that Steph just said about the other Pokemon game. Yeah. They're all the same. <laughs> um, so I have a couple of facts that I've managed to um, to find. I don't I don't have a I don't have that many, but um, apparently there is a girl called Kiri who is in Sudopolis City who gives the player two berries each day. Um, apparently she was named after the director Junichi Masuda's daughter, which is quite cute. Uh, and she was born. So Kiri was born in September 2002, just two months before the Japanese release of Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. So I've I've done a lot of Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire facts because, like, obviously it's kind of based off of that. And yeah. so I, it was like impossible to basically find um, facts for Emerald because it's still effectively those ones. But anyway, um, apparently examining the TV in the player's house describes a movie with two men dancing on a giant piano keyboard, which is obviously most likely a reference to the scene from the movie Big, which is one oh, of my maybe. favorite movies. And to be honest with you, that's all the facts that I've got. I was just going to be a quick one anyway, and now it's even quicker because we've just spoken about Pokemon for ages. I'm so sorry if I had known. (laughs) Actually, um, what I'm going to find interesting is I have actually never played um, this particular series, like the Emerald, Ruby, and then Sapphire. I think it's third generation. Yes, this is like the only generation I never played because I went off Pokemon for a while. Um, I played the first one, and then I didn't play Gold or... um, silver the first time around and then i didn't play ruby or emerald and then i started again at like pearl and then since then i played heart gold when it came out which was like the remake on the ds of gold and silver and then i never just i just never played this this one that you're talking about so it's got lots of pokemon in that i don't really know uh, and i don't really know any of the towns or anything about it so is this the one where you get a base you have like a uh, little cave base or something like that in it i don't remember to be honest <laughs> Good. Because somewhere- it was my only Pokemon that I played, so I don't know any different to like. Oh, okay. Did you have somewhere where you could go into like a base and make? No, I don't think so. I, think- I don't think so. Oh, okay. I'm gonna Google this as you. But 
Random. I'll tell you that this is where I met my favourite ever Pokemon, which could have possibly been in other Pokemon games, but I don't know if it was. Yeah. Um, which was the Sloth Pokemon. Uh, so, yeah, this is the one that had that in, and I didn't know about it because I've not... Slack Off, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the original one. And I actually love... I think, to be honest, that's what made me love the game is because I was like, oh, my God, a Sloth Pokemon. Um, yeah. But this cave base, I'm not 100% sure on it. As I said, it's been... It, it has been, like, a good few years since I played it. Secret base. Apparently, secret base in Generation 3. Mm. You can make one. So, yeah. Well, to be fair, I probably wasn't that good. One thing I have to mention about Pokemon Emerald, when I did play it, is I was quite shit. So, <laughs> I don't think I really got that far. Um, but I had a good old tab. That's fine. But I didn't make a base, apparently. You missed the base. The one thing it had, the only like difference of things, you didn't. It's all good. I met I met a sloth, and that that made this. this that was game number one. I I think actually this uh, the Pokemon game gave birth to one of my favorite ones, which is uh, Waltad, which is like a little, um, a little frog kind of creature with a lily pad on its head. He's like a platypus uh... with a lily pad on its head, uh, and he has like a Mexican fiesta deal going on and he's just fantastic nice uh so he's one of my favorites he's actually in the um pokemon movie um the recent one detective pikachu as the guy who is serving coffee that just goes Bleh! <laughs> <laughs> it's my family um cool. yeah so very pokemon heavy number one pokemon heavy number one i mean it was one of the biggest so i think and i think we covered all the bases we've got marion there zelda Pokemon, Tetris, Hamtaro, Heartbreak, Hamtaro, <laughs> Blobs, Blobonias. Exactly. It was it was a good time. It was a weird time, but it was a good time. All right then. Well, that therefore ends our show. Um, yep. Where can they find out more about us, Nikki? Uh, on our website, gametalk5.com. Yeah. And that's... also, you can follow us on Instagram, gametalk5, Twitter, gametalk5. And if you want more content from us, more juicy content, then you can visit our Patreon, which is just, well, just search Patreon Games for Five and subscribe. That'd be nice. And I think that's about it, really. I think we covered all the bases. Yep. Nice and short and sweet. So I'm just going to try and end this quickly because otherwise we ramble on for ages. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, next time I speak to you all, I'll be 30, which is scary. It's going to be old. Yep. Yep. All right. I'll be crying. We'll anyway. That note. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.